VoiceOver describes what's happening on your iPhone screen. VoiceOver on settings. So you can navigate it just by listening. Books, contacts, calendar, double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10 to 11. And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our Wellington studios. This is the podcast called Reason to Believe, formerly known as The Ruck. During this uh, half an hour or so, we will be bringing you uh, reasons to hope that the Lions will save the series uh, on Saturday. We haven't fought them many yet, but we will be bringing you some. Uh, but before that, uh, I'm going to introduce our guests. Owen Slot of The Times, Peter O'Reilly of The Sunday Times, who's broken with tradition by making notes. It's never been done before. And I think, oh, in preparation, is something we've always done without. Yeah, we think it's, we survived quite well. It, what's, the, what's the line? Um, fail to prepare, then make a podcast. Correct? That's correct. Yeah, you, did you prepare that? Uh, as well as those two guests, we've got a very, very distinguished journalist with us. This man, quite seriously, has seen probably more Lions games than anyone and at a shorter distance than anyone because he's been right on top of it. Uh, he first toured with the Lions in 1980, which is even before me. And let us know at home if you think you have seen more Lions games than David Rogers, the photographer from Getty Images, who, Dave, you've seen every Lions game close up since 1980? Yeah, I have seen every Lions game since 1980, apart from one in Perth the first match in 89 which I missed because I had to do the FA Cup final that year so I couldn't make it out for that first game but all the test matches I've seen oh look scrub this sir. we thought you'd be to every one yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, take two take two every game take two okay 1980 you first went I mean yeah. it, it would be ridiculous to say what's the difference because it must be uh, absolutely massive 1980 in South Africa you went at the time not only did you have some hair but you had, as I remember, a brilliant golf swing. Both of those have gone by the board a little bit. Yeah, certainly, yeah. Um, and I had to buy new clothes. After three months of touring, two stone later, we ran every single morning, about five miles a day, and I still put nearly two stone in weight on. So there you go. That's how much I enjoyed that trip. So are you saying that was eating and drinking, or stress, or, or what? That was the muscles I put on after five, uh, five miles a day. That's the big biceps and... No, just boozing, absolutely. Not, well, not so much boozing, boozing and having a good time, the whole thing. Do you know, I remember, because much later that, 1987, I remember the very first World Cup, all the journalists got up at 7am every day and we ran absolutely miles, yeah, didn't yeah. we? Do you think we should get that tradition back? Yeah, for the ones who are younger than me, yeah, I'm not doing it anymore, I've done all that. 
done my bit. Ian Todd was the man from the Sun, the marathon runner. He was brilliant. Mm-hmm. He used to lead us like a sheepdog. He used to gather us all up and go about five miles ahead of us, and then then pick us all up one by one and drag us back to the hotel. We all made it. We all survived. The key, Toddy said, the reason was rhythm in, in your running, and it was, that was a, a lesson that she applied to other parts of his uh, touring career as well. Um, <laughs> <coughs> yeah, he was a good driver. Yeah, Dave, um, we have to ask you uh, in all those lines tours some some memories, some your, your best memories. I mean, let, let's be fair. You, did you, was it? Um, did you go by boat in that, or were there aircraft when you first went? Yeah, Captain Cook was our, was our captain. Took us over there. He was, he was a bit slow. He was okay. <laughs> he was looking for the, you know, the Pluto or Venus or whatever. He was trying to map out. Uh, but yeah, it, it took us a, took us a while to get there. I mean, in those days, you couldn't. My first one to Africa, as you said, you couldn't fly over Africa to get there. So you had to go all the way into the Atlantic, and we had to refuel in a place called Ilia de Sol. If you remember those days, in the middle of the Atlantic, because they weren't allowed to fly anywhere in Africa. Dave, would you say that over the years photographers have made every excuse there is because some days they say it's too wet or too cold yeah. and once you said to me, I couldn't get anything today, the sun was too bright. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately I'm not very bright so I can't even claim that one. But um, yeah, we do have our little, our little foibles, we don't have moan about everything else but it is stuff going, you know, we have to look, we're in the elements out there, you lot are in an ivory tower just looking down having a quick gin and tonic and saying, I missed that, what happened there, well I, was having, I was having a cup of tea next door and what, you know, what happened there, I missed it. Alright, that's the last time you're coming. <laughs> <laughs> that's the last time. Uh, in, in those days as well, um, it was very difficult to take photographs, you had to be in the spot, you had to get the shutter right, is it two these days you just press a button and uh, anyone can do it? That's a dance bloody easier than it was in the old days. Remember the old, remember the old trunk I used to take around with all the paper and chemicals and film and you knew who your friends were, were at the start of the tour because it was so heavy that only a few offered to help out. And, and I was one of them. I remember we used to call it the coffin and it was almost the size of a coffin. It was the coffin for quite a small bloke. Yeah. But, but my God, it was unbelievably heavy. We had one side of it each. Yeah. Do you remember the one in uh, the place in Fongrain in uh, 83? when it was actually bigger than the hotel room I was in, and we had to leave it in the corridor. So it would have filled my hotel room up if I had put it in there. But also, there have also been times when I've been in your room and you've been waiting like hour after hour after hour for the pictures to transmit. Yeah. Presumably that doesn't happen anymore. Uh, no, it's a lot easier than it was. Yes, it, certainly. Um, if, if you've got time to tell, I'm going to tell you exactly how you to get pictures back. If you're very, won't take too long. Uh, hang on, go on then. Go on then, okay, you're on. Right. 1980, go in your hotel room, blacken down the windows of your bathroom, if you had windows in your bathroom or whatever. You have to set up your own little mini dark room, you do the game, you come back, you process all the films, you print off two 10 by 8 prints, go to the cable and, sorry, go to the main post office in Joburg, Jeppy Street in those days, knock on a massive oak door, this big Ophir guy would come to the door and if he was in a good mood he'd, he'd take these prints off you, you'd transmit it on a machine probably about the size of a small car, called a Muirhead, sent it to the cable and wireless office in London. My boss in those days would drive down from the Midlands, he would pick up this 5-4 negative, he'd take it to a lab in London, he would then, after hours and hours and hours, drive around all the Fleet Street newspapers, and God knows where they're, Holborn newspapers, for the, for, the, for the mirror, and drop them all off individually at all the newspapers. Blinding. Was it 1880 or 1980, your first line? 1780. Peter, do we, uh, we always have banter with the, with, the, uh, with the photographers, but uh, a lot of them are, are great operators. We've had fun with them, but do you think people forget that actually uh, 
for every uh, all the words that all our words that go there, there's a there's a photograph decorating it. I agree wholeheartedly, but you never want to tell the photographers that themselves, because then they'll get ideas about themselves. The old artiste will come out. But of course, it's of course it's true, uh, and we do try to uh, cooperate, especially when we're doing feature stuff rather than live stuff. Uh, but sometimes uh, I might mention to a photographer some sort of an angle that I'm uh, thinking about with, for an interviewee, and you find that that's when the photographers come in. A lot of them come into their element as they start thinking ahead to the images, the setting and all that sort of stuff. It's actually quite an interesting creative process and uh, good, good to work with these chaps. Uh, oh, you're a very creative chap. You, you're, always no, you, you're known as one. Um, do you actually like going out on assignment with photographers or do you prefer not to, not to see them at all, really? Well, there's a politically incorrect answer, but no, I, I do... Um, I, no, I love... I really do... Serious, I haven't taken too many serious things on this podcast. Can we start again? Apologies, but yes, I do really enjoy working with photographers. I find that if um, uh, if you get the right sort of person, then they could um, uh, help uh, an interviewee um, relax. They can tell jokes. They can take the piss out of you. They can make a they can make it uh, what can be an, a, an awkward, uncomfortable environment for a person giving an interview um, uh, more enjoyable, more fun. They just can they just can help you do your job. So you can work together. The idea of, of there are, there are some journalists that are sniffy and think, think that they should be doing it on their own and I, and I could not be at a further extreme if I tried. I totally agree with that. Um, we've all got our own favourite writers. I mean, mine are Owen and Peter, obviously. Um, <laughs> and David Walsh, because if we didn't say that, we'd never hear the last of it. But Dave, who are, your, uh, who are the great photographers? Uh, either that you've worked with or the people you've admired. Ooh, a good question. That's a good one over the years. All these are good questions, thank you. Yeah, well, that makes a change for you. So that's pretty good. Um, I would say that probably my favourite was was Chris Smith, a guy you worked with for many years on the Sunday Times. Top man, top photographer. Uh, in rugby, the two doyens really. Bushy over in Wellington oh. at the moment. He was kind of just say, Bushy, if you ever hear this, you're in hospital at the moment. I hope you're getting better. Is he? Do, do, do explain, explain who Bushy is. He's right. an amazing Let's man. explain who Bushy is because we've all known him for years, but people might not know him back in the UK. Yeah, well, Bushy's as old as a conquer tree. Like, you know, we have to wear bibs at games and we just get given any old took me out your bib, whatever colour it happens to be. He's got the golden bib, the holy golden bib of New Zealand rugby. He can go wherever he wants. I remember they, I remember they closed down Athletic Park in, here in Wellington, his home ground. And I was actually in Manly in Sydney watching a game and uh, waiting for the England game to start over there. And we watched them, the last game ever at Athletic Park was New Zealand v France. And at the end it was all, there was the air, you've done all your, a very emotional time, blah, blah, blah. And they had the the Prime Minister of New Zealand came on to his speech. Then the president of the NZRFU came on and I was sitting there so bored, I thought, oh god bloody Bush will be up in a minute. And there he was. He came on next <laughs> <laughs> a great speech. And then they brought on the all black captain after Bushy. So Randell, unbelievable. That that's uh, that's Peter Bush for you. And uh, he kept, he, he's toured to very, very recently, he's now in hospital. He did tour, I think a year ago or just more. And I went to Peter Bush's farewell to touring lunch. It was in Fleet Street and it was in 1991. Mm. So that was the first of about 27 f farewell to touring. And what you say about Chris Smith is the journalist I most admire, <laughs> I've ever met or worked with, and to go out with Smithy, uh, that put you on your mental because the words had to be bloody good to get to, to stand aside Chris Smith's photographs. Anyone else? Uh, I think I know who else you might mention. 
the great white whale himself. Yeah, um, Colin Elsie, um, amazing man. Bit like Stuart Granger. Um, yeah. <laughs> Hollywood actor. You've thrown a few people at that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, Hollywood actor. Okay. Well, you, you look like a Hollywood actor. He did, yeah. Yeah, I don't mean Lassie. He's off now. He's off. 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 He's it's been 1950s sort of films about East Africa, the old mm. colonial days. He looked a bit. He used to walk. Remember, he used to wear a white uh, dinner jacket. Everyone else wore black. He just turned up in a white dinner jacket. Looked very Do you smooth. mean Colin Elsie or Stuart Granger? Uh, no, actually, mean Colin. No, are you doing that? Yeah, I mean Colin Elsie. Colin Elsie turned up. I didn't know Stuart Granger personally. I didn't know what he used to wear. <laughs> Right, Colin House used to come, come to do games wearing a white dinner jacket. No, no, he used to go to dinner, to dinners. Oh, I see. <laughs> in a white dinner jacket. I just sort of say, I, I've been really confused by this because when we started talking about Stuart Granger, I thought we were talking about Steve Granger, the community officer for the RFU. I thought, we're going to have to explain to people who Steve Granger is. <laughs> right, they all wear dinner jackets. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the late Colin Elsie is also a, a dear friend of ours and also a dear friend of Bushy, yeah. so they were, they were the two diets. Dave, um, Great Lions picks. Um, you can be um, you can be as immodest as you like here. We're asking you the pictures you've taken that you like the most. Could be lions or non-lions. Um, yeah, well, I, I do like the picture I did of um, the 2001 first Test match in Brisbane, and the other famous one when they said uh, when John went out to toss the coin, he said the whole stadium was full of red. And he came back in the dressing room and said. Don't worry, lads. We're playing at home today. Well, what was the picture? Well, the picture was all the lads walking down. It was, a, it was like a the steps going down to the underground dressing room, and I was down in the dressing room area, and they were all coming down there, walking through a massive crowd of lion supporters hanging over and tapping them on the shoulders and things. It was just incredible to be there when that was going on. It was a great win. I also remember an incident in 1984 when you'd only been touring for four years. And it was, I think it was your second tour. You came in, into my room, smashed through the door, and you said, I am never, ever going to tour and make any rugby tours again because you'd fallen out with Ian Todd of the Sun. And you came in, and you're a very, very nice bloke, very popular, but you were furious. So you said, in 1984, I'm never going to tour again. And here we are, um, six, 33 years <laughs> later, on the Lions tour. What happened? Uh, he, I think he made me run an extra mile or something like that, so I wasn't going to do that again. I can't actually remember why I said that, but I must have been some race. We all have mid-tour wobbles, don't we? No, I don't, but the rest of everybody <laughs> oh, yes. Well, we're going to come back to Dave in a minute, because um, a lot of the rugby's rubbed off on him all those years, so we're going to ask him his opinion on the, t the rest of the Test Series. First of all, Pete, uh, uh, Lions-Highlanders, uh, the last midweek game, last chance for some of them. Uh, significant game still, and are you looking forward to it? I am looking forward to it, yes, uh, going, going to the Cape 10 again. Um, it is significant in terms of the general tour because obviously the morale took a bit of a dent last Saturday uh, and it's important to keep, keep momentum going. I think realistically though, the most important thing will be uh, looking at the performance of certain individuals who are in the shake-up for, for the test on Saturday. By that I mean Courtney Laws, uh, maybe Jack Now, people like that. So that, that's, going to be, uh, that's going to be interesting from that point of view. Okay, uh, Owen, uh, the, the champions, well, not with the full side out, obviously the Hurricanes. Um, what are you looking forward to? What's the, this, the significance of it? 
Well, as Pete said, we're looking for who's, who can still put their hand up, which is the expression we use a lot. Not many hands have gone up recently. Um, I think if Warren Gatlin can see a decent half out of George North, then um, he'll be absolutely delighted. North would have finished that try that Elliot Day didn't quite manage on um, Saturday. Um, what we're we looking for, we're looking to see who he pulls between half time and the hour mark. Um, I would just love to see Courtney Laws being pulled at sort of say 47, 48 minutes because then you know he'd probably done enough. I um, I, I, I don't know. I don't think he should be playing anyway. He should just be rested and, and, and wait for Saturday. And we'll, we'll, let's not go back onto the um, the whole um, uh, new call ups, the, the geography six thing. But um, so, having been in favour for him, I'm sort of slightly not sure about that. Courtney should be playing. George Cruz should be playing. Um, you, you want well it's, it's all about Saturday now for me and Tuesday the Tuesday game is a pre- preparation game for Saturday let's go back to the test match you're vital uh, Dave uh, in all your lines tours you've hardly seen um, a winning one do you think you're a curse on uh, on this, this this line's outfit seems that way I must admit thank you James that's really nice of you well, how many times every, every fours I'll be up in the 16th <laughs> or I'm just a long <laughs> I don't give the lines a chance of winning for a change um, well, look, look, I've been. I've seen, I think, eleven Test matches here against the All Blacks in Wellington. In, no, not in Wellington. In New Zealand, in right. general, eleven Test matches in all the years, and they've won one out of the eleven. Oh, that's very cheesy. That's really cheery. Thank you for that. For serious uh, sporting reasons to be cheerful. What can you give us? Well, my favourite Norwegian weather website, Yor.no, is predicting. Well, it has a it has a cloud looming over. Saturday evening with three drops of rain coming out of it, which means it'll be absolutely hosing down in layman's terms. And I'm afraid to say that's probably good news because it'll bring us a bit closer to the All Blacks, um, bring the Lions a bit closer to the All Blacks theoretically, in that it'll be a bit of a leveler. Right, that's great. William Hill and they'll be rushing to change their odds after that. I think the Lions could well be odds on. Owen, oh, uh, anything you can offer us in terms of hope? Yeah, um, I had my hair cut today and my uh, Wellington hairdresser said that he thought the uh, the Lions were a very good team. So that is a reason for belief. Excellent, and you look like you've been to the hairdressers as well. Um, can I just mention something about his hair? Obviously the guy was blind who cut it, but I'm stupid if he thinks the Lions are going to win on Saturday, but I could apologise for that. <laughs> right, and then that reason to be cheerful from Dave Rogers today. Um, let, 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 let's look at technical matters, lads. Um, uh, the second test, uh, first of all, the Lions have got to win so that they can hardly be, they've got to be absolutely ridiculously committed. Uh, some of the things went well last week. What's got to go well this week, uh, Peter, that didn't go so well last week? Um, well, the physical confrontation is, is what Warren Gatlin has been focusing on. And if you look back at the, at the tape of the game, you, you notice that where, where the, the All Blacks really had an edge was. VoiceOver describes what's happening on your iPhone screen. VoiceOver on settings. So you can navigate it just by listening. Books, contacts, calendar, double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10 to 11. And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. plushcare.com/weightloss. In and around the engine room, four, five, and six, and that's why we think there could be changes there for the Lions. Um, it's worth remembering that when Ireland did beat the All Blacks in Chicago back in November. Um, the second row was that day with Jerome Cano and Patrick Tupelutu. Um, there was no, no Sam uh, Whitelock. There was no um, <coughs> no, no um, uh, Brody Rotalic, and of course there wasn't even a, a Luke Romano available. So we saw the importance of the of the locks to the New Zealand pack on Saturday, not just in the, the hard edge that they brought, but also in their offloading ability, and that's something that the Lions are going to have to match. And judging by the general demeanour of Warren Gatlin when we met him yesterday. He's expecting a bit more, uh, or passion was the word he used, but also physicality, that sort of thing. Uh, they had five try scoring chances on Saturday, um, and they, they got two of them. So if they got two more, um, then they, they'd be pretty, pretty close. Uh, the, bo- the, the bottom line, the interesting thing for me on all, all this is, 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 is this actually just the fact that the, the, the Lions or European rugby are a two tries out of five um, uh, a completion team? And is that how good we are? And the Lions are a, a three out of three. They, they, didn't, they didn't fumble one chance, did they? They got three opportunities and, and they nailed them all. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, I, I, there was an article which appeared in the Sunday paper at home uh, this weekend, which I thought was very good about uh, actually finishing. Um, <laughs> you didn't write it yourself, Steve, did you? Uh, I don't remember. That was a long time ago. But uh, uh, in the old days, if you were in the, playing for the under-14s and you didn't finish off a four to three overlap, the master would go bonkers with you. Now, now they don't seem to be able to do it. I know there's a drift defence or various defensive systems, but uh, they didn't. Uh, they didn't finish well. Also, um, uh, this All Black team are beatable. People say they're the greatest team ever. That's rubbish and nothing like it. I've seen three or four better All Black teams than this. They are beatable if, if you take them on and smash them where Warren Gatlin wants to smash them. And I think uh, this will be the peak because by now, this team has played together before, which it hadn't last week, and playing together before makes you better. And Dave, you and I have seen some comeback games in second test matches. Uh, 1989, we saw it. Uh, we saw it in 19... Where else did we see it? 1993. Uh, 1993. Um, uh, 1997, they won the second test. So, so it can be done. Um, Peter... Um, we, we won't go far as to push it to say who's going to win, but can they do it? Um, I think the, the opportunity was last Saturday, to be honest. I think, uh, unfortunately, uh, we got, they got, from the Lions' point of view, they got the, the refereeing schedule the wrong way around. If perhaps if we'd, we'd had one of the French referees last Saturday, I think that might have worked to the Lions' advantage. I think the All Blacks uh, are, getting, are going to get better. They, um, they made mistakes. Um, they turned the ball over quite a lot. I can't I can't see? It looks to me like they, the Lions are going to try and beef it up and, and basically try harder and get stuck in more and that sort of thing. I just don't think that sort of attitude is is going to work against a team as skillful as the All Blacks. 
they went into the last Saturday not having played a proper test match, a real full-on test match since the previous November. They've now been they've now got another week under their belt, and I just think they're going to be too far ahead of the Lions. Dave, um, just one more question about all the Lions teams you've been on. First of all, um, is it namby pamby in the old days compared to the confrontation now? Because you're right up there standing on the touchline. Has it got much more unbelievably physically intense now? Yeah, it's got to, yeah, the speed as well as mm-hmm. the, the travel at them. And it's, you've got to remember in the old days, there were no replacements and things like that. So players were knackered for about 60 minutes. And the 20 minutes, it was just like you could stand up and score a couple of tries. But you look at, say, 93 when they came back in Wellington, here in Wellington. There were some good players in that Lions team you know, who would have got into the... As you're listening to me, Daisy, Apple's iPhone disassembly robot is dismantling an iPhone into lots of recyclable parts. That's how Apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods. Thanks, Daisy. There's more to iPhone. All back to I really can't... Probably, probably Colin Murray was anyone I can think of at the moment probably getting the all-back team, maybe. Mm. There's not many who would come into the team, but... I've actually thought of an idea... Um, a reason to be cheerful because we played a snooker game in Fongaray, the Snappers versus the Journos. Me and David Davis played for the Snappers, and Slotty and Chris Foy played for the Journos. And we represented the Lions, they represented New Zealand, and we, we won 2 1. The Lions beat them at, at pool. <coughs> Fantastic. I mean, so we've got the forecast, your haircut, and the pool. The indications are strongly in one direction. Oh, in uh, can, can, can the Lions win this week? There's a long pause here um, for, for a reason. Yeah, yeah, they can, but I, I think they need some help from the opposition. Because if, if the opposition, if the All Blacks play at the level that they did last week, and there's pizza, they'll probably get better. Then, then, I, then I don't. I think they probably won't win. No, I don't. Because um, the All Blacks, I think, are that good. I think they're they're better than the estimation that you give them. Um, when, when, where? How often do the All Blacks have? Have a bad game. Well, as Pete said, when they have, when they're missing some serious personnel, and you know who who are they missing them? Well, actually, they are missing Ben Smith, aren't they, at fullback? So, yeah. but 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 you, you don't look at them and go, oh God, they're, 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 some of their top players are, are not there. I mean, we could say we haven't got got Billy Vanipola, we haven't got Stuart Hogg, or or whatever. Yeah, Mosgate is still raging on uh, the Telegraph are in a place without rodents but apparently it's the worst most desperate hotel that, that anyone's ever seen so the telegraph clearly going down the pan also both my shoes have arrived and I'm wearing them both obviously on alternate days as I've only got used to wearing one uh, next week we're going to uh, have uh, a what I miss about uh, home uh, it's a four hour show um, and um, just before we go, uh, I'm going to ask uh, the great man, uh, David Rogers, the great photographer, to say, can the Lions win, Dave? We're going to be holding you to it. Should we have our money on the Lions, and will it all go to Auckland at one all? No pressure there, then. Um, look, I hate to be pessimistic, but I was a, uh, yeah, I'm a, a Lions fan. Deep down, I'm a Lions fan, but I really can't see. We don't one out of 11. Even, I'm a Wolves fan football even we could play better than that right just just finally um, I'm going to go for a th- two predictions from the other two guys but and one from myself but from you Dave 
you've got to I give, give, give you a choice. You're going to take the greatest photograph sporting history has ever seen, greater than Adrian Morel's on with Bob Beeman at the games, and it becomes the most famous photograph that there's ever been seen in sport. Or you can have the Lions win the second test. Which would you choose? God, excuse me, I know what that would be. <laughs> the best photo, please. Give me that any day. Well, on that disloyal note, uh, Owen, the Lions are going to lose 2-0 according to you. Uh, yeah, and Dave will take that photo. Peter, 2-0 uh, for you as well. 2-0, yeah, I'm just, my, my wish for Saturday really is that I uh, get moved to a seat that isn't what I used to. Well, I don't have to listen to all the abuse you're getting in the stand. <laughs> I, I can give everyone uh, the address or the position of where I'll be at any time if anyone fancies it. And uh, I think they will, I think it will be one all. Uh, thanks very much for listening to Reason to Believe. And as Bruce Springsteen says, no one wins unless everybody wins. I don't know what that means, but it sounds really Bruce like. So we'll be back to you next week with reason to believe and why I was correct, 1-1. <laughs> <laughs>